The Operations Leadership Podcast with Gautam Basu provides insights for today's business leaders on creating value through operations improvement, process excellence, digital innovation, and organizational leadership. Our guest for this episode of the Operations Leadership Podcast is Juana Velku Leitinen. Juana is an author and a subject matter expert in the field of creativity. She recently published a book on the subject, and in this interview, she discusses how companies and leaders leverage their creativity in times of uncertainty, and also has some interesting details on a metric she has come up with called the Operational Creativity Capacity. So we hope you enjoy this interview, and if you like what you're hearing in this podcast series, we ask you to subscribe. Enjoy. Hello, Juana, and welcome to the Operations Leadership Podcast. Hello, Gautam. It's an honor to be here. Great. All right. So uh, I understand that you're a creativity expert and that you have written a book on the subject. That's right. Wonderful. The book was published last year in October. Congratulations. Excellent. So maybe I can start with a... I don't know, maybe a difficult question right off the bat, because I know you've done your research and everything around creativity. So what are the tangible benefits uh, for creativity for business and operational leaders? So things like any metrics, whether they be financial, non-financial, what are some of the metrics that you typically use or find within creativity? That's a very difficult question, and I'm happy you asked it. And uh, in general, uh, businesses and and, uh, management consulting companies agree that we need creativity to manage change and to innovate. Uh, CEOs also agree that creative experts um, are helping with the customer acquisition, with retention and fidelity. However, showing the straightforward impact of creativity on the bottom line is a cumbersome task. And um, of course, this doesn't mean that it is impossible. Uh, The way I would suggest is to start by asking ourselves, what exactly do we measure when we say creativity and i would like to introduce the perspective of organizational psychology studies uh, where they um, study the different components that foster creativity in business and um, the first component is the good level of technical expertise of the in-house experts the second component of creativity is the creative thinking skills, because creativity is actually an umbrella term for a set of thinking skills. The third component of creativity is the inner motivation that experts have to perform a particular task. And these three components, the expertise, the creative thinking skills, and the inner motivation, they need to be embedded in a work culture which is conducive to creativity. So this is the first thing that we want to be clear. What exactly do we measure when we talk about the business impact of creativity? And then the second question is, for what purpose do we want to encourage creativity? And I think that conversations around this topic as very important and I think that it's important to start from the board meetings to discuss okay we want to encourage creativity by aligning 
the strategies of the company, with the in-house creativity capabilities, and with the performance measurement systems that we have. And in this kind of conversation that can happen from starting from board members to leadership to teams, one key assumption to keep in mind is to think, uh, okay, what will this company, how will this company survive in high uncertainty situations, like for instance, war? And then one thing to keep in mind is that a great percentage of the revenue of a company in, let's say, five years during a high uncertainty situation comes from sources that today do not exist. So this here, this is the point where operations, management and leadership have a very important role to identify these unexpected sources of revenue in high uncertainty situations. And and um, even if I am not an expert in operations management, but I believe that one key aspect is sustainability-related issues. This is the place for creativity to encourage it in sustainability relationship issues, like, for instance, in new initiatives about how the business can safeguard the environment, how the business can manage the relationships with suppliers. So at this point, we can narrow down the question, what is the business impact of creativity in operations, uh, 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 leadership and operations management? And what are the tangible benefits of the new initiatives? and in the supply chain. And we can start for thinking, okay, who are the people, who are the experts, who are the teams who are responsible to come up with new initiatives for the supply chain? How much time do they need to experiment with with these initiatives? How much time did they invest in persuading the key decision makers in company? Then when did the uh, initiative come live? What happened afterwards? How much new investment did the company uh, attract in the following quarter? And how how mu- how many organic sales do we have? Because nowadays we are also uh, not only managing with high uncertainty situations, but also with consumer trends. Consumers want to be more aware where do the products come from? Where do the materials have been? In what farms they have been harvested? Under what situations? So we we need to keep a focus on all these questions, starting from who are the people responsible to generate the initiatives and ending with how many organic sales do we have when the initiative goes uh, on the market. So all these uh, answers help us to uh, uh, um, to find new f- uh, financial and operational indicators. Like, for instance, I would see more suitable to start from the operating margin once a new initiative is is implemented in the supply chain. Then I would dare to suggest a new metric, which I call operational creativity capacity for uh, new sustainability initiatives in the supply chain. And what would this metric uh, how would we calculate it? For instance, we can look at how many circular products ideas have been generated versus how many new products actually have been successful. We can look at how many new supply chain transparency ideas versus how many new customers we attract. 
we can look at new traceability ideas versus how many increases in sales from the old customers. So this is just an idea, which actually this idea about the operational creativity cap capacity, it shows that at the moment, I do not think we have the right operational metrics mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to realize what is the impact of creativity on the supply chain innovation. And then there is this other aspect, which is investing in the learning and development of the new competency, uh, competencies or skills for the in-house operational experts. So in this case, when the company is investing, for instance, for the operational team to learn uh, how to use a new technology, for instance, uh, trace and track uh, technology, then in this case, of course, the return on investment of the particular training is one way to measure it. But then again, it can be coupled with new measures under this operational creativity capacity, which refer to productivity. Like we can look at the, ra the reject ratio of the products before and after the training. Or we can look at how the traceability of the materials have improved after the people have gotten the new training. So all in all, I believe that it's daunting, but it's possible to find better measures to uh, to see what is the impact of, of the business value of creativity. I am a bit hesitant that we can be, let's say, with 100% certainty, say, yes, this, this is uh, the value of creativity. And I'll give you three reasons, if it's okay. Sure, yeah. So the first is because, in a way, at the end of the day, creativity is a mental process that we go through when we have to perform a task. So it's, it's like a process which refers to our psyche, like our self-awareness, our self-image and confidence in thinking out of the box when we have challenging tasks. And when it comes to everyday work interactions, the creative brain can pick up some threats which can, you know, inhibit you from thinking out of the box when you handle uh, an unusual situation. For instance, I would like to refer to some studies on Asian American schoolgirls mm -hmm. who were asked to perform a math test in the lab. And then the researchers did two interventions. Once, uh, the first time, they uh, hinted some ethnic biases for the girls. And what do you think that happened? The girls performed better in math tests mm -hmm. when being reminded of their Asian roots. But then when they were reminded of gender stereotypes being women doing math tests, their performance decreased. So the, the brain is picking up all these subtle cues from the environment and, and um, you can self-sabotage your performance. And in the same, we can think about, we can extrapolate this, these findings to organizational life, you know, like, and we can ask ourselves, how can I actually pinpoint the benefits of creativity at individual or group level by disentangling all these environmental threats that can mediate how we can perform a task. So that's why I say that it's a bit more difficult to actually measure the full impact of creativity. And then another reason is, uh, for which I don't think there is a perfect way to measure creativity, is that um, creativity does not have clear boundaries of time. I mean, it's not a command and, and react action. If somebody tells me, okay, wanna be creative now and invent a new uh, uh, design for a house, um, it's not so uh, 
the, the idea I'm going to give is not going to be so productive. So uh, original idea don't like to be rushed. At the best, what we can offer a bigger time frame, like let's say you give a team of, of people one week time to, to come up with uh, an original initiative. And during this time, also people need to have some reinforcements either through external rewards, some bits financial boosts, but not necessarily. It can be something intangible, but something that makes sense for every individual who needs to come up with these uh, original ideas. So, um, and the thir third reason, there can be spillover effects of creativity. Like we can work, a team can work on experimenting with an initiative and they conclude, you know, it's a failure. We are not going to invest more money and time in this. But what if some ideas, some seeds plant during this failed experimentation, which the team is going to use one year later for a successful innovative idea? How, do you, how can we then measure the financial benefits of this second successful experimentation? Because in a way, it was rooted in the first failed experiment. So this, this, uh, this is why I'm a bit hesitated, uh, hesitating. But it's very interesting and it's useful to, to attempt to measure the benefits of creativity to keep, uh, as I said in the beginning, um, to keep uh, um, uh, the focus on the alignment between the business strategy in uncertainty situations and what is the uh, organizational creativity capacity we have in the company. And then what is what are the data management platforms that we have in order to help us come up with a new way to measure the impact of creativity. And that's, I find very interesting, and I'm going to leave you with that to this mm. uh, uh, question, that actually we can be more innovative in uh, in uh, designing new dashboards for KPIs focused on creativity. And we can invite, you know, a team of, of why not have a finance manager there, an operations leader, a marketing leader, all the business functions to figure out this new way to, to measure uh, and what key performance indicators do you want to have on a dashboard? Mm. So that would be very interesting. Okay. I'd like to... Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of uh, stuff to unpack there. And I, I like the... The concept of this operational creativity uh, capability. Uh, capability, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Uh, it's the first time I've I've ever heard of something like that, but that's that, that's great. Um, do you have any actual cases, uh, maybe from your research uh, that you've come across um, regarding many maybe these benefits of creativity? Has it been done before anywhere, any company, any organization, whether it's private or public? Yes, I have come across uh, on some um, cases, uh, first of all, uh, not related uh, to operational creativity, related to marketing creativity. For okay. instance, one thing that comes to my mind is a report that was done by uh, the World Economic uh, Forum mm -hmm. and McKinsey. Uh, it was done uh, in uh, between 2019 and uh, 2020 on the Northern uh, American and European countries. And they focused in this report on the chief marketing officers mm. who uh, they combined creativity with customer analytics. Okay. And uh, they realized that they got better returns on personalized experiences, personalized content creation and ads. Mm. 
But what I find interesting in this study is that they highlighted the importance of the chief marketing officers as agents of growth for the company. But I would say that, you know, like studies like this should be done at all the business functions, operations leaders, uh, finance leaders, because every C-level role is a growth agent for, for the business. So... Uh, World Economic Forum, we are waiting for the follow-ups. And then uh, another example that uh, I find very interesting when it comes about actual cases of benefits of creativity comes from the engineering world, from the Cisco company, who, which in 2007, they uh, did a crowd uh, sourcing initiative. Um, they wanted to invite people from all over the world to come up with new ideas about uh, technology for renewable energy. And they, they it's very interesting because they uh, opened up to uh, 100 countries, people from 100 countries, and they received 1,000 ideas. But why? what is very interesting here is what they learned when they manage this initiative. And the first thing that they learned is that it's not enough to just put the website there and say, hey guys, we want to have new ideas, uh, drop the ideas here. Once they collected the, the, uh, the 1000 ideas, then they spent more than one year to filter the winning idea and to, to hone it and then to transform it into a business model. So to me, this example shows that when we want to measure the actual benefits of creativity, we have to decide also what is the time frame that, that we, we have into consideration. And then what I found very interesting also about the Cisco case is that in the beginning, when they collected the, the ideas that, that people fr from around the world sent, they had their in-house experts who evaluated which is the winning innovative idea. But then they realized that there was a problem, that there was an expert bias, which consisted in the fact that the Cisco uh, judges, they, they had a tendency to select the most familiar ideas, which they already discussed in-house. So they, they said, okay, we need to have a different way to judge what is the most innovative idea. So what they did, they again opened up to the public and they had two other rankings of the winning idea. The first ranking is that they asked people to vote. Okay, vote out of these 1,000 ideas, which one do you think is the most innovative? And then they also looked at another way to, to measure uh, the appeal of the idea, the comments that certain ideas, which were the most active comments around which of the most ideas. And then they triangulated the opinions of the in-house um, judges with the opinions of the voters and with the opinions of the comments. And then that's how they found the winning idea, which was, ta-da, a technology which was very important for the functioning of an electrical grid. So this was very, I, I find this, this case very interesting when we think about uh, not only measuring the impact of creativity, but also when you think about what it takes to have an innovative culture and, and as we can see, sometimes the internal expertise is not enough, you know, to, to see what is a, an innovative idea. And as 
as proof that Cisco found that uh, crowdsourcing initiative in back in 2007, they found it useful, is that last year they invested $100 million for imaginative climate solutions where they invite again external opinions mm. to you know, like come up with, with uh, new ideas about the renewable energy. Right, right. Now, it's, that's quite interesting. And i thinking just that you mentioned that creativity, uh, let's say, as, as far as a function, could be implemented or embedded in newer type of problem areas, i.e. sustainability, mm -hmm. renewable energy. Um, and maybe just to, to switch a little bit, and you talked a, a bit about this regarding the supply chain, um, because in supply chain operations, there's, there's a lot of patterns uh, that are there and managing the risk, managing the uncertainty, um, even approaching wicked problems mm -hmm. where there's no kind of optimal solution. So how can we actually leverage creativity in approaching these wicked problems, uh, specifically within supply chain? I think you mentioned a couple of things, but maybe just to mm -hmm. uh, reiterate, yeah. what, what is your view on these uh, on this approach? Yes, this is uh, wicked problems are very close to my heart, and and um, if 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 I am to start from um, defining how I see wicked problems, I see them characterized by um, the type of problem that you have never faced before. It's new to you. Then there are many entangled causes in this problem. Then there are many stakeholders with diverging or you know conflicting priorities. And then the problem keeps on changing the more we try to work on it. And then the last thing is that um, there can be more than one correct solution. So to me, this is what w w wicked problems are. And I can give an example of it, uh, which um, happened uh, in uh, IBM in November 2017, when uh, they lost a very high value cargo of main uh, mainframe computers. And they really tried to to locate the the cargo, but uh, they couldn't find it. And uh, they concluded that uh, the shipment must be safe inside uh, some airport warehouse. So this is an example, in a way, of a wicked problem. You you lost the container; it has a high value. You haven't faced this situation before, and then you conclude that it must be somewhere there. We'll find it. Well, in this kind of situation. My opinion is that we cannot keep relying on the methods we used before to track, you know, like uh, the flow of the materials. And, and uh, in this case, we need to appeal to our creative thinking by, to be more specific, uh, divergent thinking skills, by asking ourselves three types of questions. First of all, what is the problem that we face? Is it a problem in the flow of the materials? Is it the problem in the flow of information? Is it the problem of human communication? What is the problem that we have here? And of course, you cannot know because it's a wicked problem, but then you can start uh, playing with assumptions. You know, why do I assume that the cargo was lost, uh, not uh, why, uh, was stored somewhere in a warehouse? Why do I assume that? And then if I I believe that's the truth. How can I experiment to see that, you know, this must be the reality? So these are the three questions to ask ourselves 
together in a team. Uh, what is the problem we are facing? What are the fundamental assumptions we have? And how can we experiment to find out the truth? As it happens with the uh, IBM case, uh, the cargo was found one month later. But the problem is it was found on a tarmac dipped in, in four in inches of water. So um, uh, the, uh, the contents uh, of the cargo couldn't be used anymore. And uh, do you know what was the problem? Oh, what was the cause of, of the loss of the shipment? Please there was a strike oh. in the German cargo okay. workers. Mm. So, you know, um, back to what I said earlier, what is the problem? We can ask ourselves, you know, is it uh, some uh, uh, problem in the information we have? You know, maybe let's look, are there some societal disruptions in the countries th through which, you know, the, the cargo uh, travels? Of course, it's easy for me to say now, but um, it's, it's, these are exercises we can have, you know, like preparing ourselves to, to face disaster and crisis, to ask these questions together as a team. What's our problem? What are our assumptions? What can we experiment to find what, what is the, the the real problem and uh, as it happens with with the uh, IBM they decided to have a track and trace service uh, one month later where they could uh, uh, have a better monitoring of the um, sub, uh, of the uh, materials from the suppliers to the factories I would still argue that's not enough and I would encourage people who are in operations management supply chain just uh, try to remind yourself that you are problem solvers and and um, and uh, for instance, this, this problem solving actually boils down to improving each one of us, our sensitive sensitivity to risk signals. What are the risk signals that, that we see around? And, and um, yeah, this is the question. I, I'm really curious. Are people, experts in operations managers, do they see themselves as, as problem solvers? It's, this is a very important uh, to give, to empower us to solve this, this uh, unforeseen crisis. And I would like to give an example, a woman whose name is Kelly Bankson. Uh, the name doesn't tell much to us, but she's the chief procurement officer at Starbucks. And last year she was nominated uh, top six of the top 100 women in procurement uh, who left the biggest impact on employees, clients and the world. And for the Starbucks fans out there, if you like the quality of the coffee and you are happy with the price, we owe it to Kelly Bankson. And one, uh, I was reading some more information about her and I found an interview where she said that and I'm like something like that she wishes that people would see the procurement staff, the procurement personnel more like problem solvers. Yeah. So this is, I think, you know, when we uh, deal with wicked problems, the question is, am I seeing myself? Do I allow myself to come with out of the box thinking, asking what if, what if what I assume is not true? And then the other thing, I keep coming back to these cultures of creativity. Also, Kelly mentions that her success is due to her ability to create flexible and creative teams that work cross-functionally across the business functions and that they have autonomy in managing their tasks in supply chain management. So first of all, as we see from Kelly, give yourself permission to be a problem solver of wicked problems and then rely on a team. 
So that's that's I would encourage. And and this, you know, like if we sum up uh, how we can leverage the wicked problems in the supply chain, broaden our perception of what we saw in the case of IBM. What do we consider to be a problem? What do we consider to be a solution? What do we consider to be a risk? And as we can see from, from Kelly Bankson's uh, success story, to broaden our perception to what is it that we take for granted about the way we work. And yes, I encourage, please ask what if questions and then allow yourself to do some experiments with the team. Yeah. I think most operations folks, whether they're leaders or management or even down the shop floor, they do have this mindset that they are problem solvers. Uh, I think where the challenge comes is that if there is a new problem that they haven't encountered mm -hmm. and they're using the same methods or the techniques to solve these new types of yes. problems, it, start, it could fail. Right. Yes. So then it becomes because usually people bring their own heuristics to yes. to solve yes. problems. But if you're solving a wicked problem or a new problem that has not been um, introduced before yeah. or, or, or faced before, then it becomes an issue where I think what you were mentioning around uh, having empowered teams, uh, perhaps even cross-functional, where you can actually bring in new ideas from different perspectives uh, that could actually help with yes. that. And that leads to kind of the, the next question I have is that um, because you have done, uh, written a book on creatives, uh, how can we get creatives and non-creatives to work together to come up with novel approaches, not only to innovation, but operational excellence and also just general supply chain management. So how do you get these creatives and non-creatives to work together? That's a, 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 an extremely good question. And uh, uh, I'm happy you ask it because I think that at the end of the day, uh, the when we talk about um, organizational creativity, it happens in conversations, one-to-one -one conversations, in group conversations. And in these conversations, I do not think we can say, okay, you're creative, I'm not creative. I think we all can be creative in the sense of we can all apply our most out-of-the-box thinking, but assuming we feel safe, you know, and, and uh, valued that, that uh, I appreciate your competence, you appreciate my competence, and we can, we, we can tell what are our concerns from the perspective of our competence. So um, I, I think that we could focus uh, not so much on this dichotomy, creative, non-creative, but we can focus on how can we create a discussion that provides um, acknowledgement of everybody's expertise. Mm -hmm. And uh, this empowers people. And uh, then the second thing for a quality uh, conversation is to make sure that we all use more or less the same kind of language. Because I have seen it based on my experience. I talk with different people, different companies, and, and, and also even with people working in the same teams. And, and sometimes we, uh, we can use certain words. And, and they may be different, but they may refer to the same thing. So the first thing for a quality conversation, each and every time, even if you may think you know your colleagues, you have known them for years, just agree again. What do we mean by creativity? What do we mean by innovation? What do we mean by the goal of this project? What is the goal of the, you know, just, just make sure that we're on the same um, um, page. And then the third thing on, on how we can um, approach it, uh, innovation and supply chain management with uh, novel uh, approaches, 
still back to conversation, <clears throat> let's be humble that even in these quality discussions when there is uh, safety, even when we have a common language, we still have a human brain and we have blind spots and we may have like unconscious beliefs and prejudices and we may walk out of the conversation with some misunderstandings of what was discussed. So I would suggest to make sure that we can open as much the minds as possible by giving feedback. You know, writing maybe if you don't feel good, an anonymous <coughs> feedback message to the other colleagues and say, hey, uh, Petri or hey, uh, Maria, uh, based on today's conversation, I think that uh, uh, it wasn't very clear this topic and it would be more important for the progress of the project if, you know, like you could, you know, like dwell more on this topic. You know, just help each other, help one another to uh, deal with these blind spots in, in understanding what is crucial and what is important to focus for a topic. And the last thing uh, 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 is um, this exposure to new information, to new disciplines. I would, I don't know, like I would recommend very short cross-disciplinary training sessions that help us change perspective to look at the problem from a different lens. If you are like a hardcore uh, optimization expert, uh, go take, I don't know, like uh, how to have a quality conversation uh, training. One hour, not more than that. If you are a softer skills type of person, go have some introduction, you know, like uh, optimization models for dummies. You know, it's, it's very helpful for, for everyone to, to have to have this exposure to new competencies. Right. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and that kind of leads logically to the next question, which is, is there an optimal level of creativity for an operations leader? In other words, can one be too creative, especially within the ops management, you know, supply chain management, because at the end of the day, you have to keep the operations running effectively. And if efficiently yeah. and there are clear yeah. metrics. Yeah. So um, what is your view on that? Is there an optimal level of creativity, especially for operations people? Uh, I, uh, again, I would say that is like, why do we want to be creative? And I would say that uh, there are many reasons, but the biggest one is innovation. We want uh, creative operational leaders mm. to facilitate cultures of innovation. And then uh, the question is not about, uh, does it hurt to be too creative? The question is about when and how can a, an operational leader be creative? And coming, putting the perspective of my expertise, uh, if we think about creativity as uh, a bunch of behaviors, like uh, to be more curious, or to be to have a more imaginative thinking, or to be more daring, to take more risks for experiments, that's that's. Uh, up to each leader to decide when can they bring more of these creativity behaviors. And I would say that um, it's certainly worth to be per perseverant mm. in taking time for, yeah. for to be curious. Mm. I, I keep on getting back to this idea of the importance of continuous exposure to new information and operational leaders are not an exception. What is happening? What are the trends in the business? What are the trends in other business? Uh, what is uh, happening in the consumer's uh, side? You know, like, uh, I know, uh, 
even like about science, what what the, what are the latest science talking about? So as an operational leader, be perseverant, make a habit out of having a time in your calendar, have a date with your curiosity. Then the second thing of, uh, of an operational leader, how to be optimally creative, is to be inspired or maybe wise in choosing, in recruiting the experts. What experts do you choose for different experiments? Then the third thing is to be patient, to communicate the results of the experiments to the right decision makers. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say that the optimal level of, of um, creativity for an operational leader, uh, leader is more to figure out when and how to be creative. Got it. That's very good. That's very good advice. Um, yeah, this is this has been a really nice conversation, Juana. If if people want to get in touch with you, um, how would they do so? What is the title of your book? Uh, uh, I, I, the best way to find me, I think, it's on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, if you type my name, Juana Velkulaitinen, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and um, there uh, you can see that uh, I have a photo of my uh, about my book, which is called How to Develop Your Creative Identity at Work. Uh, and uh, my, my uh, book is encouraging um, readers to understand what is their uh, creativity. And uh, it started from the idea that um, creativity is not only about uh, the domain of arts, Actually, as we discussed today in this podcast, creativity is a set of skills that we bring with us in whatever field of expertise we have. So in my book, I'm encouraging people to, to figure out how to do that. So, yeah, if, if you're curious to talk with me, to have more conversations of creativity, um, I'll be there on LinkedIn replying <laughs> to you. Great. Wonderful. Well, I would like to thank you for, for this very interesting and insightful uh, interview. And uh Thanks, thanks for, for your insights. Thank you so very much for your questions. I love them. Difficult, but very useful questions. That's it for this episode of the Operations Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Gautam Basu. If you like what you're listening to with this podcast series, then please hit subscribe. And until next time.